Welcome to the moon room. <laughs> Back again. Happy, what's it, when, Thursday, today's Thursday. Happy Thursday, everyone. And new moon. Okay, so the, today the new, the new moon is in Leo. So like yesterday, it was leaving Cancer and now it's in Leo. So happy new moon in Leo. Uh, this is all about, again, new beginnings, but this is a very fiery. Oh, we just came through the Lion's Gate, apparently. So, oh, it's a, oh, it's a portal. Yeah, okay, so every year um, we get this alignment, this planetary alignment called the Lion's Gate, and it opens. I genuinely don't know more than what I'm saying right now, so people who are experts on this can absolutely correct me. But from what I understand, it's like the planets align, and um, and because it's in the sign of Leo, uh, so there's some way that Sirius is in a different alignment to where the powers that be are stronger. I don't know. So today is supposed to be like a really powerful manifestation day. So that's actually what took me so long to do this is I've been doing all the new moon witchy shit and like burnt, like doing all the manifestation lists and all that stuff in yoga. So, um, because I, I saw this TikToker, what is her name? Bell, oh, I'm, oh, I'm so bad. I can't remember her name up to, up top. She's this wonderful British woman who, um, it's like Bella Inter or something like that. Anyway, she made this TikTok that was like, we're yellow today. And like, today is the lion's gate. And it goes all the way to August 12th. And she said that August 8th is going to be some special day. I don't know. All I remember that was really powerful was that Sirius was involved. And I was like, oh shit, that's right. Those are my people. That's where I'm from. So I've been doing a lot of tapping in to those energies. And I'm walking around with a citrine today because, um, you know, that's the yellow is the, the chakra color for the solar plexus. It's the space of willpower and energy and, and so your fiery self center. And since we're now in Leo, uh, citrine, I'm not wearing yellow. I forgot to wear yellow, but I have been carrying around my yellow citrine all day. So everyone, if you have a citrine, now is the time to strap that on, go do a meditation and manifest some shit because this is a powerful time in the cosmos. Um, so, here we are. <laughs> uh, so today uh, I'm going to read. Uh, uh, so I, was, I, asked, well, I asked Spirit what to tell today, and it's funny. So the first thing I'm going to do, though, is read the second moon thing on this, the book by Jamie Sams, Earth Medicine, Ancestors' Ways of Harmony for Many Moons. And since we're in the seventh moon and now on the second day, uh, this is the little poem and passage that it has. So, here I go. Oh my God, excuse me, sorry. All right, so this one, it... Oh shit, sorry, excuse me. <laughs> I, just, I just ate a hot dog. <laughs> oh yeah, okay. Um, so, it's gross. <laughs> Finding love within. That's the, <clears throat> that's the passage title of this day's uh, I guess it's a little devotional thing out of this book. All right. So finding love within. I taste the red earth and acknowledge my humanness. I feel the urge to create and my spirit soars. Like the spiraling hawk, I touch the warmth of grandfather's sun so my heart will never grow cold. Then I turn to the center of my sacred space, entering the silence to rediscover the eternal flame of love. And that's the end of that poem. So here is the passage that goes with it. <clears throat> the great mystery placed the eternal flame of love in the center of every living thing. This flame is the connection that makes us all family and the glue that holds creation together. When we touch 
that love inside of ourselves and share it with all of creation by respecting each life form's right to be. We assure that our hearts will not grow cold. Loves all things, the clan mother of the seventh moon, so we met her yesterday, guides us in the search of the human heart. She teaches us how to use respect, trust, and intimacy as the guidelines for all relationships. When we learn how to relate to others in this manner, we can turn and face ourselves, loving who and what we are, becoming our own best friend. And that is the end of that passage. That's so lovely. Oh, that's so sweet. So it's all about, you know, self-love, like self-love, but how, you know, your self-love then turns into kind of like divine love for all. Um, Because once you have kind of, you know, filled your own cup with love and become, like it says, your own best friend, um, you can then overflow and share that with others. So kind of like, so yesterday was loving beyond fear. If we can go beyond fear and move into that space of love and self-love, once we come to jail, finding love within, once you find that love, you're able to then um, give it to us, so many others, um, without... And your and your heart stays open and, and kind of, you know, flowy and mushy and nice. <laughs> uh, it stays beating. <laughs> it doesn't grow cold and stale. Um, so, yeah, so this is, this is such a lovely passage about love. So I hope that helped people. Um, and how, okay, so I guess one more spot is, oh, how using respect, trust, and intimacy in all relationships so that doesn't necessarily only mean romantic relationships that means in all relationships that you have um first with yourself right but then you know with your bestie with your brother your sister your mother your father with co-workers there should actually be love between okay so here's something good so uh love is not what the world likes to make it out it's not it's love is it's a doing yes um but it's like we we reserve the word love for when like there's been some sort of like deep relationship and it's like oh come now I can love you or like it's family oh I love you because we're family but it's like when you meet somebody on the street it's like we throw out love and so the real meaning of love is that you are walking talking love no matter where you are um so like the a really great crown chakra affirmation that I use all the time is I am pure light and love and so saying that over and over again, I am pure light and love means that no matter who you come up against, you're going to love them. So stranger on the street, you're going to love them. Person that you've never met, but you meet them through email because you're at work and you got to send an email. You're going to love them. You know, I actually learned this um, at this the place that I was working at in Oregon right before I left. I loved this place. It was called the Taylor Group. And oh, shout out to the Taylor Group. They're amazing. And um they taught this about how like <clears throat> we need to start shifting all of our communication as a as a collective of humans to love so that communication itself embodies love no matter who you communicate to so they always would make us sign our emails love like uh, like i'm the i'm like the i'm like the the, the, the admin person right and like I'm I'm a scheduler for like these business coaches and stuff and I'm scheduling people from these big organizations, you know, their appointments and I'm signing every email love Randa. <laughs> and I was just like I was so uncomfortable at first, but they explained it. They were like, "No, because we are doing it's a doing." And they would say, "Well, what's the opposite?" 
do you, what is the opposite that you would feel for this person as you're sending the email? Well, the opposite of love is hate or fear. Well, you don't feel the, so it must be love. We must, we must kind of always walk in love, which is a very, that's a, that's a very ahead of their time way of looking or doing business. And that's why I like cherish it, how they did their business. Cause I was like, I vowed I was going to, I'm going to recreate the shit. I've actually, I did. I recreated the shit with uh, the film that I made. The, I was like the wellness producer or some shit. I, well, we made that up, but I was a producer and I was like, everybody's going to love each other. Everyone's going to love each other or this thing's not going to get done. <laughs> it's going to be a mess if nobody loves each other, no matter how, from the gaffer to the, to the to top actor, to the, you know, the star actor to the, to the director, to everybody, like, Everyone one must love. And we became a family and a community in that. And that, that actually is what this thing says. It says that, um, you know, you become community uh, as you continue to extend that to all of creation. Things start to work better once we extend love because we have to then think, we always must think, like, if I'm not going to extend love, right? If we want to cringe at the thought of, like, the person on the street in New York City walking by, it's always, we're just bumping into people, right? If you bump into somebody and they're a dick or something. Uh, that wasn't, I shouldn't have said that. What? what? I just tried to police myself. Fuck that. No. <laughs> I can't believe I just tried to do that. Uh, and they're an asshole to you. You must ex- always try to extend love <laughs> because the opposite of that would be hate. And hate really is, doesn't hurt them. It hurts you. Like everything that comes out of us is an extension of us, but it's also a reflection of what's inside us. So kind of going back to what the Taylor group says, and this thing, finding love within. If all we can fill ourselves up with on the inside is love, then that means all we have to give is love. I'll say it one more time. If all we can fill ourselves up with is love, like if we filled our whole cup with just love, all we would have to give out is love because the person that bumps into you on the street, a a, a meanness doesn't come out of you because you haven't filled yourself with meanness. You've only filled yourself with love. So the only thing that comes out of you is just, oh, oh, it's no problem. Or, oh, okay, I hope, no worries, I hope you have a good day. Or, you know, like, it just, things happen. To, like that, that's love. Versus what the opposite could be, which is a lot of things. <laughs> so, um, that all, I don't, I wasn't planning to talk about all that, but I guess spirit is doing its thing right now. So, yeah, this is, um, this is a great passage about how inner love turns into communal love. And, uh, oh, oh, the film, yeah. So, when it, well, do I think we, did I say, finish that? The, oh, everyone on the film that I, made we ended up becoming like a family and to this day there's a lot of us that are still in touch and that are close um and there's some that i will definitely work with again ever like lifelong friends um i will definitely work with these people again um but that was all because um of taking what i learned at this place in oregon with me wherever i went um and implementing it in every organization that i ever came up against like even in my internship Oh, oh, shit. Okay, so then this ties in. All right, so, so well, in my internship, when I got into uh, grad school, well, when I was at the end of grad school, I was doing an internship and I was um, doing therapy. Um, I kind of brought that into our office system as well. So the we're serving each other. All of us are serving each other um, because that's the only way things get done. When we have breakdowns when people decide that they're going to self-serve, <clears throat> right? So if we silo off and nobody wants to deal with the person who cleans the toilets and nobody wants to deal with the person who's at the front desk checking people in. And we only deal with like, you know, the top partners of whatever firm we're in or whatever, you know, like siloing off people's jobs and siloing off ways of being from each other 
means that the thing that we're all the goal we've all set, which is serving the client or serving the population, whatever it is, population, um, that doesn't, the breaks down, making the movie, it breaks down unless everyone is on the same page and working together, which means love has to be being just swirling around <laughs> all the time, um, which means also releasing attachments to the outcome. Um, I don't know where, how the fuck, where am I going with this? I mean, it's, it's going where it's going. So releasing attachments to the outcome of anything that you're doing means that you are allowing love to bring you to where that is, which means you're trusting. And I think that is it. Didn't it say that in here too? Something about trust. But yeah, that like trust is also a part of, um, of that love. I feel like it did say that. And now I can't. Oh yeah. So it teaches how to use respect, trust, and intimacy as the, as the guidelines for all relationships. So not just in relationships, right? Cause relationships become like a relationship. Me and me and a coworker have a friendship or relationship, but we are working for the greater organization. Well, our joint relationship now to the greater organization is that love is the love between us going to extend into that greater organization? Because if it does, that means that we can create something better within the organization in alignment with what the two of us actually want to experience daily. And so then that's that's kind of what I did at the places that I've worked at. Like I just like extend love into it all and then everything upshifts because uh, everyone in the organization catches on to, oh, it all works and flows better if we just are more loving and kind to each other, <laughs> which means we, but we always have to be loving ourselves first. So making sure you're in the right job that you want to be in, <laughs> uh, but also making sure that you're taking care of yourself, like in the poem, turning uh, to the center of your sacred space, creating a sacred space maybe in your home so that your inner sacred space can connect to it and recharge before you go out in the day and do whatever you're going to do or before you go online and do whatever you're going to do. Just more about how Love starts from the inside, and then the more you fill yourself with it, um, it will undoubtedly start to just flow and pour out all over everything around you and um, upshift it all. So, yeah, that all. Okay, so that was that. <laughs> now, so um, the next thing I'm supposed to share, which I was funny because it has, I didn't think it connected, but goddamn, it just connected. So, um, I didn't think it connected at all. Uh, so the all-star party of 2014, <laughs> the GQ all-star party of 2014, I'm supposed to talk about that. And I didn't real, and I was like, why though? Like I literally was walking around like all kind of all day. Like, I don't know if that's like what, but why? And I get it now because the only reason that that GQ party happened is because I did exactly what I just told y'all. I came from the Taylor group. I had just moved to Brooklyn. And I was there for eight months looking for, like, cause we got there. No, no, no. Sorry. Not eight months. I was there for only a few months, like three or four months before I ended up, no, not even four. So three months before I ended up getting this job at 20 exchange place. Now 20 exchange place is all down there by wall street. It's like right off wall street. It's on exchange place, but it's like, it's the financial district of downtown Manhattan. So I get this job as a, um, not an intern as a temp. So I went through a temp agency and I got hired as, um, yeah, I was just like a temp, like, uh, what was this? Like a property manager. It was doing, it was property management. So like 20 exchange place was, uh, oh, it was, that was such a crazy place to work at. Yeah. Like so many stories of 20 exchange place, but, um, 20, the, the place, this new, this company had just bought out the building and was transitioning it from being, um, all business 
to all or half business and residential to all residential. So while I was working there, they're like trying to turn like 20 floors into like residential floors or something like that. It was crazy. Like, cause it was like a 50 something floor building. It's down there, like by the Trump tower, all of, all of them stuffs by the, uh, well, people know where that is. So, um, so anyways, I, uh, get there and like the, uh, the people who are running the, the, the property management office, is just four women, no, it's three women. <laughs> and we all like around the same age. And, um, so I get there and there's four of us. So the whole office is being run by four women. And then there's like this build the, um, all the porters and the, um, what is it? The, the bell people, like the, the front desk guys, all, all the people that was like, like running the maintenance of the building were like all these dudes from like the Bronx, from like, like everywhere. And so, um, and then we had this like really crazy, uh, property manager, the, the, the super, the super was this like, Oh, this was, it was a mess. Like it's literally, I wish I had a camera like show, like somebody could follow around in that place because it was literally like a sitcom working there it was literally every day it was a fucking sitcom like i have stories for the rest of my life working at that place <laughs> but what ended up happening is we start like I'm, I'm there and like my my job is it's like easy <laughs> so it's so easy that um part of it though is to go around the buildings or go around the floors and to check and make sure that like all the new apartments like we're up to code because they were renovating all the, and making all these new apartments. They, they made them real cheap. So, um, so a lot of shit went wrong. Like people was putting on doors backwards on the refrigerator. So the refrigerator open up weird I, or like the, the cabinets doors would be backwards or bro. Like it's just so much crazy shit on them floors. But it's like, imagine like essentially like 20 floors of just a bunch of empty high rise apartments. <laughs> so I would go and around them and I have to go check them out. Well, anyways, while I was doing that, I start coming across like they were like, oh, you could take take a tour of the building, take a tour of the basement, all this stuff. Well, because this is a historic building and there's all kind of films and movies that have been made there, namely the um, oh, shit, the inside, the inside job, the one with Denzel Washington and Clive Owen, where um, where the diamonds go, something about some Nazis steal them diamonds and Clive Owen, like he holds himself up in the um, bank that he robs. So that's 20 exchange place. So like, I was like, I got to go in there and it's still, it looks just like on a movie. Like it was so crazy, but the, the, um, the safes in the movie are still there. So these massive, massive, massive safes that, um, you know, like, I mean, like they're like whole rooms. Um, I would get to go and just like check them out and stuff. Right. So, uh, there's also another hallway in the middle, like in the middle of the building where the born identity was filmed. And so like this, the scene where, uh, oh God, I can't, don't tell me I'm going to forget his man name. I can't, don't do this right now. Oh my God. What's his name? The man that played the born. <laughs> I fucking love him. I'm so sorry. I'm spacing your name right now. But, um, <laughs> where he runs, he runs through all those whole, the, the, the offices. There's a scene where he like, just, he's, he comes in one door because, you know, it's all about, like, multi-dimensions. Holy shit. Wait a minute. That movie is all about motherfuckers running through different dimensions through doors. <gasps> oh, my God. I was supposed to talk about this. I had no... See? See? Y'all. Y'all are hearing this. I did not know. Because this has not, this has nothing to do with the GQ party. <laughs> I mean, it does. But, oh, shit. That movie was about, um, yeah, like, you open a door and you can run into a different dimension or whatever. And how there's, like, all these, like angel people that are keeping track of your shit bro everybody go watch the born identity <laughs> i think we all need to rewatch the born identity because all these codes and shit on the 
Because that's what I've been explaining to happen. Oh my God. I did not put that all together. This is amazing. This is amazing. Okay. So anyway, so what the fuck is his name though? Oh my God. I'm so mad. I can't remember his name. The actor. I'm so sorry. Anyway, so he runs through all these offices. <laughs> so when I started working there, the women who was running the um, offices were like, they, wanted, they were so happy that, you know, they get to show me around this building where all the scenes of all these different movies happened, which I'm like, amazing. Because I'm here from, you know, I'm here from little Oregon. Yeah. I had grown up in Baltimore, but uh, at the time I came from Oregon. So everybody was all excited to like show this girl who came from nowhere all about New York City. Come. Anyway, so, so I'm walking through this, I'm, I'm, I'm checking out and I'm, I'm examining shit, right? Y'all. So they're like, there's a mezzanine. You should go kick it in the mezzanine. I'm like, what the fuck is a mezzanine? A mezzanine is a floor that like, it's like a half floor. So it's like a floor that doesn't really exist. It doesn't come up on the, the plans because now I'm, so I, so the reason why I'm knowing all this is because like I said, our whole job at that time was transitioning all of these older like all the renovated apartments. So we had to be, we're constantly looking at blueprints of the building. We was constantly looking at all the plans of the, the new apartments. Um, and my role was to go around and like, I mean, I was doing a whole bunch of other stuff, like desk, like a bunch of stuff. But like one of the, the, the cool thing I love doing was that I get to leave my desk and I could take the keys and the walkie and just go all around the building and just go missing for hours. I would just like disappear for hours. <laughs> oh yeah, I didn't give a fuck about that job. Anyway, so, uh, so, um, so, so they're showing me Oh, they're taking me around all of the upstairs, downstairs. Well, they take me to the basement and they're showing me how the, there's safes down there and all this stuff and like the empty safes, right? Right. Cause, but then they show me this one part that's like kind of walled. Like it's like, it's like really, 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 really so old. And it holds all the original bank, like cash registers. And oh shit, I think I had a dream where I was in that room. I just remember that. Okay, that's for another time. But this, this is it's this like tiny little room and it's got all these like dusty, old, old, all the cash registers, but the whole system of how like, because 20 Exchange Place used to be a bank in like the 80s and before that. It was like, it was like a really, it's a really old bank. So it has all original banking shit in it. It's funny, funny enough, my mother's first job when she came, immigrated here was at 20 Exchange Place. It was so crazy because my first job when I moved to New York City ended up being at 20 exchange place. So anyway, so I get to go see all the bank shit. And then she's like, and this door right here leads to outside on the, on the other side of the, like, so, cause it's on a block, right? So there's a front door. There's like gold, like rimmed all this shit. And you know how Manhattan has all these like fucking, what is it? The, um, I don't know. It's always like the, 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 the things that the, oh fuck. What the things you walk under when you walk in on a street? I don't know why they never took them down. Like, like the it's like construction poles and shit that hold the buildings up. And so everybody's walking under these. Like, it feels like the building was never done being made. But that's like on all a lot of these streets in downtown Manhattan. So, anyways, the way that some of the doors are set though is that like you can walk by a building under one of those uh, tarmac thing, whatever the thing is, and not see a door because it's so set back. So. She showed me this door that's kind of like, it's on the other side of the building, on the back side of the block that like nobody ever sees because the way, the way that everything is, it's just like, you just walk past it and you never know. So anyway, she's like, she's like, she shows me this and it's connected to this old weird bank room or whatever. So my brain, nobody, I don't realize yet at the time that I'm a com- fucking computer, but I'm like taking notes of everything, right? And so she's like, she tells me, she tells me that this one door, the only key She's the only person that has the key to this one door. All the keys to all the doors, the porters, 
the, you know, what are the fucking, what do you call them? Porters and all the other stuff. Like people that work in the building, like the, um, the, the, the people that work in the fucking buildings, <laughs> the men that do the shit, that help you on the, the behind the scenes people. Um, they all had keys to everything. And even the super had a key to everything. But she said, but this, I have the only key to this here door that gets you to the outside, right to the street. But it's on the back side of the building. Don't tell me why I decided to remember that. <laughs> so she showed me this when I first start working there. As months go on, we all getting like she gives they give me the job. They're like, okay, the things are getting really crazy with all the um with the leases because we're having to work with the leasing office, which is on by the way, sixty three Wall Street. So that's a connection to Robert Durst. When the whole shit with Robert Durst was going down, I was sitting right there in twenty exchange place, going hopping over to sixty one and sixty three Wall Street the day that the fucking thing about the envelope coming from 63 wall or was it 61 whatever his the wall street building that they owned the durst um i was sitting right there like the people from because it was the same company so like we're always going back and forth between the leasing offices child that's all we could talk about like for months when the whole robert durst thing on hbo was going down uh that's uh, so that was fun to be a part of <laughs> but anyways as time went on that whole stuff with their leasing offices got so busy 20 Exchange Place is also really involved with film, the filming industry. So there was always these guys coming in, or pe- well, just people, most times it was guys, coming in that were like um, scouting manager, scouting, or pro- location scouts. Location scouts for like HBO shows, like um, Billionaires. Yeah, right? Yeah, that the one with, um, what's his name? Oh, God, see, I'm going to forget it again. The British man with the red hair. Um, oh, fuck, I forget. But Billions... Billion, the, the show Billions or Billionaire, whatever, the HBO show, or maybe it's on Stars or show. I don't fucking remember what it is. Billionaires. I'm pretty sure this. But the, with the rich man, the rich white, the rich white man from with red hair, <laughs> um, and how he's a, a trust, he's a um, a hedge fund something. Anyway, maybe it's called Billions. I don't know. But anyway, before the show came out, they they sent their location scout guy to our offices because they need the guy comes up to my desk and he's like I need um to I need permission we want to be able to shoot the Damon what is his name fuck is it Damien something Damien Lewis oh god I don't remember but anyway that his character's office is supposed to is supposed to be an office where you're in it and then when you look behind him um it's supposed to look like the, the Grand Canyon like he's sitting on a canyon like his his office is his balcony goes to a massive canyon he's like but we're gonna green screen it so i need a place here with a balcony that where we can green screen the back part of it i said okay well they're like well to take him to the 19th floor because that's where the big ass balcony is so here i am i take this man over and i'm and I, so i that's my role now so then more and more people start showing up and i'm giving them tours now around the this is production people to to, to shoot movies and shows and stuff at our building so i become the uh that that person as that time goes on, I start getting more and more layout of the building, right? <laughs> so, um, and because, I, like I said, my job was also to keep going around every day and making sure that those apartments were, like, chill. So, I think, it, I don't know, when, G All-Star season is in, what, April? Or is it March? March Madness, something. Around that time, we get a call at the office from GQ, and they need a place to have their party at. So, um... And see, mind you, I'm a, I'm a um, temp, so my in my head, I'm like, this job is doesn't mean shit to me. Like, I know that I have a degree more than these girls. Like, I know I could I could do more than these people. I'm like, 
But I just was like, I'm just going to chill here and like collect this check because it's the most money I've ever made because an organ don't pay you shit for anything. So I was like, this is a good check for me to just sit and do paperwork and then also bounce around and be fun and just have fun and flirt and stuff. So today um, they get a call and she's like, they're overwhelmed because they're like, well, how are we going to have the GQ party going? Because now, mind you, the first I think the first like. The first, there was there was a certain amount of floors, like 30 to 40 something floors that were full of residents. So like this building is a residential building at this point, which that's a whole other story I could talk about. Like that's the, the residents of fucking Tony Exchange place. Oh my God. Anyway, so um, so we so we get this call and they're like, she, the, the property manager, the main one, she's all overwhelmed and she's like, I don't know how we're gonna be able to have the GQ party here and do all this lease and stuff. And there's all this construction stuff that gotta go plus we, and I was like, wait a minute, girl, wait a minute, wait a minute. <laughs> I was like, wait a minute. Why don't we have the GQ but say yes, because it was going to have it in the ballroom. And see, now the ballroom is where everybody always wants to like have stuff. So I have taken people through the ballroom. It's also where the hallway that in the born identity, the guy runs through, it's connected to that uh, with the green floor. It's connected to the uh, fucking ballroom. It's also the place where, uh, uh, oh, so much was filmed in that ballroom. Um, what is it? The Batman show. What's the Batman? Gotham. Gotham. Yeah. The, 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 um, the newspaper office, like where they receive all of the info, like the stuff that was staged in 20 exchange place in the ballroom. I got to go actually on the set one day and actually go look at all this stuff in the, the newspaper. It was really cool. Like when they were actually shooting it. So, um, so I'm like, it's only in a ballroom. Like I know the ballroom really well. So I'm like, okay, well, um, why don't you say yes? And let's go to the GQ party. And she's like, wait, how can we do that? So now all four of us, <laughs> all four of us are now sitting there. And I'm like, see, I'm in the music industry at this point. So I'm like, okay, this is what we're going to do. <laughs> I was like, I had been in it, but it's been for a while. And I was like, if the GQ party is going to not just be all stars, but it's going to be like the entire fucking music industry. I was like, I'm about to use what I know how to do in the music industry to be able to get to that fucking party. So I said, okay, listen, we're going to sit around. And I said, okay, look. How about you tell them you will only allow them to have this party here if they give you four um, passes in. So like we get uh, guest passes to be able to go to the fucking party. And it was like, oh, we never thought of that. I was like, well, yeah, we need to fucking start thinking a little bit bigger. <laughs> Shit. Like I was like, so we, and we need a pass plus one. So that means eight names on the guest list. So. The oldest one who happens to be like the district manager, she just like was stationed at 20 Exchange Place. She was like, I don't know if I could be involved in this. <laughs> like, like, I don't know if this is like, she's like, I'm not sure if this is like kosher for like us to be, you know, doing this. I was like, well, then you ain't got to come. Like, so then ask them for three tickets. Um, and then, and then everybody has a plus one. <clears throat> so she, so she does. So she, she tells them that and they actually say yes. <laughs> like okay okay so she's like well damn so we hang up we're like okay well we only got that's three tickets plus uh, six tickets right there and that's us and all and our significant others well the three of us look at each other and we we instantly know this this is not going to be as fun as we want it to be with just the three of us because we we work together every day but we ain't never kicked it outside of work like I would kick it with the guys outside of work which was so much fun like get a drink after work with like the the porters or whatever always very uh appropriate now <laughs> this is strictly like very like friend level stuff but um but like me and the girl we never we never hung out so I was so it was like it was almost unspoken I think but somebody was like how can we get our friends in and I was like 
Yes. Okay. So now here, and I had this vision like right there on the spot of me leading like 12 people in. And I was like, okay, here's how we're going to do it. <laughs> here's how we're going to do it. <clears throat> the ballroom is going to be so full of people. You're going to give, we're going to all give our names for the guest list, right? So you give your name and, her, and your person, you give your name and your person. You, I'll give my name and my person. Now, I'll just call the girl. I'm not going to use her real name because I'm not, I'm not in touch with her anymore. So I don't want to, but um, let's say her name is Ashley. So Ashley, the main girl who has, who's the only one with the key to that door I told you about downstairs in the basement. I say to her, I say, look, since you got the key and I know that I walk around that building every day to go get lunch. So I, I know like how, like visually what people pay attention, pay attention. Well, we all do. Like we know how does, we just know how that whole block works. We, so anyway, I was like, look, this is what we're going to do. Give them our real names. And I was like, I'm going to invite my friend. Now, the friend that I posted a picture with, her name is Ashta. She's, she was married to, she's married to a, a white man named Todd. Mind you, now I'm Randa, and I was married to my ex-husband, who was also white. So she, I was like, this is what we're going to do. Um, put my name on the list and put all our names on a list. But what we're going to do is we're going to all check in. Like when you get to, when you get there, check in, and then I was like, Ashley, you go straight through the ballroom and go straight to the basement and unlock that door. <laughs> when I say between the three of us, we had about maybe twenty of our friends up in that fucking GQ party. <laughs> everybody, I was like, like everybody got in, bro. Like and nobody knew because it was like hundreds of people inside that ballroom and just all night. Like a friend called, like, okay, come unlock the door. People waiting at the back door because there's a whole line around the front of the building, but nobody knows about this side back door. So. Oh, it was amazing. So here's, so how, well, how do I get me and my friends in? So, um, I end up telling my friend Ashton, I was like, look, cause we were coming, me and we were coming separate with a group of, with a separate, I, I forget who we came with a separate set of people, me and my husband. And so I told her, I said, use my name. <laughs> I said, you go first and you use, you say Randa, you know, Decker, and the girl is going to undoubtedly check you off, say you work there, and she's going to see your name on there, and she's going to let you and she's going to let you and her husband in because you're going to look like me and my husband essentially. <laughs> because Ashley's already in the building, and so if anything goes wrong, all they got to do is describe you and she'll instantly think it's me. Bro, see, you got to make race stuff. You got to use it to your advantage. So, so it works. She gets there, da da da, and she gets and she texts me she's like I'm inside. Oh shit. Okay. Well then I now take all of my other people down to the back door, <laughs> let them all in from the street. And then me and my husband go inside the building and I actually go to the front line and I start checking. Thing is, funny thing is the lady goes, Randa Decker, wait, 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 I already have you as checked in. <laughs> oh God, this is so fun. Like I swear, it's like a fucking movie. Stand in a fucking red carpet. <laughs> Randa Decker, I already got you checked in. And I said, wait, um, well, how was that? And she said, I don't know. I know. And see, mind you, there's like lots of people around. This is a big party for everybody trying to get in on the street. Um, and so me and my husband are standing there. I said, well, I work here. <laughs> she said, oh my God. So she started sweating. And I said, I'll pull out my ID. Because see, I, had a, I was like, I know they're not going to ask her for the ID. Because that's instant. But I was like, if I go in second, they're going to ask me for the ID. I'm going to actually have the ID. So I said, okay, well. So I pulled my ID. I was like, here's my ID right here. And she was like, oh my God. And I said, I don't know what you did. But um, I'm, this is me and my husband right here. She said, oh my God, oh, I'm so sorry. Okay, here, here, come in. <laughs> oh, and walked straight on that fucking red carpet. Saw um, Kevin Durant and all the motherfuckers. Like, everybody was in there. Oh my God, it was so fun. So anyways, I get to go into the damn party. And uh, we, 
we go all the way straight to the VIP. Cause I told we told I said tell them we VIP. We fucking let y'all in, have this party here. We get no VIP. So the whole night I go over to the VIP section. I meet up with Ashton. <laughs> she already there. We get there. I see Iman in her beautiful white outfit. It, at the time she's dating as, ASAP. So I see that's how I, I end up, that's how I ended up actually like meeting these people. I'm literally standing there in the VIP all night. Like we just the thing is though nobody expected. Fucking, because who, who was supposed to be playing? Um, the Roots, that's who it was. So The Roots was who we got, who they had got and was going to do things. So I was like so excited. Like, you know, me, all of us who are the musicians, like in, in the industry that are, the we folk that are standing, standing in the VIP, <laughs> um, we're like, holy shit, we can't wait to see The Roots come on, you know? So I'm bouncing around, we got our drinks. You know, there's like three fucking bars in the place. Like, it was so fun. And so uh, as the night goes on, they surprise us. Like, Roots is on there. But then they surprise us with Nas. And holy shit, now the crowd goes wild. Everybody's crazy. Everybody's drinking even more. Da, da, da. I then separate from my group. And I see um, LeBron James up on this platform. <laughs> he was on this platform. And the platform was, like, full of people. I had, you know, I think about that. I mean, it was one and a half drinking, maybe. Yeah. So I'm, like, I'm, like, cute and everything. I was so excited just about this is how it was. And I was I'm at, like, this at any party. I was bouncing around, just going to meet and people, saying hi. And so I went over and I saw the, um, the bouncer standing at the bottom of the, uh, of the um, platform. And I, like, literally, I went over and I was like, I'm getting up on there. I'm dancing. With, I'm going to fucking dance next to fucking LeBron James. <laughs> so I literally go around. And I, like, I don't know if the bouncer knew who I was because I, I don't even know. But he just let me up on there. He actually held my hand and pulled me up there. And, and I stood up there and like danced. LeBron did not pay no mind's attention to me at all. Because <laughs> like, there was like so many people up there. Um, and I also wasn't the girl that was trying to like bump up on him because obviously I have a husband there as well. But I was just like being on the, on the damn thing next to him was in my head was just like, this is amazing. You know, and, um, and so of course I snapped my pictures and then I go bounce around and see other people. There was actually a point where I did run into ASAP because we were all watching the same thing together. But I remember thinking, like, Amon is here. And nope. <laughs> like, I'm not even talking to him. <laughs> but, like, I, it was, we were all standing next to each other uh, while we were watching Nas come out. Uh, who else? And then I, I think I talked about this already, like, uh, that I ran at the end of the night. Because I was, I mean, we were there for so long. And um, we were there till it started to dwindle. Like so many people came in on the red carpet that I missed it because I I was deeper inside the party. But I, from where I was standing, I got to see people come in and stand at the thing or whatever. Like now, mind you, this is because I'm a lowly fucking temp girl at this point. Like I'm a temp <laughs> at this building, <laughs> and I'm standing in this party that I fucking made happen. Anyway, so I, as we're leaving, I, I think I had like I had like a few drinks by that point, and that's when I run into Kevin Hart. <laughs> when we were when we were leaving out the place, and um, I was drunk, yeah, and I was I was just remember seeing like, oh my god, it's Kevin, it's like really Kevin Hart, I'm like holy shit, my husband is like he didn't care, he always loved any uh, anytime we meet like famous people, he will always make sure that I don't like act crazy to like disrupt them because he's like don't be that person, um, but at the same time like we were all like it's just amazing to like run into celebrities, right? So when you're at that level and at the low the little level we were at. And so I run up to Kevin Hart and I was like, oh my God, I love you so much. You were so amazing. Ah, can I have a hug? <laughs> and he's like, you're so sweet. I just gave, he gave me a hug or whatever. And I, I think I like stumbled because I was so, like, I was tipsy, man. It was fun. <laughs> and, then I, and then we left and I got to see, who did I get? To, I can't even remember all the names of the people. T-Pain was there. That's right. T-Pain is, uh, I got to, I was walking past him when I was leaving. He was at the red carpet, like the, taking the little pictures. 
Um, but like, that was like such a fun night in the like, and I like, so after I left, I was like, holy shit. Like I made the GQ party happen. Now, mind you, all of the uh, residents complained. <laughs> like Monday morning, oh my God, we got to work. We had so many fucking complaints in the goddamn office. There's so much loud music and everyone's screaming and nah, nah, nah. Oh my God, cause it was a bomb ass party. Imagine the fucking Roots and Nas and who else? There was other people in there, I think, that performed too. That shit was so fucking amazing. And all of Blast Your players, everybody, child. So we get to the thing, Ashley, on Monday, like, so we can never have a GQ party or another party in the ballroom ever again. Apparently, it came from the top. They're like, no more. That was the only time. I was like, yep, that was just meant to be. We're all like, at least we got to go. Like, it's something we all get to save when we die. Like, we made sure the GQ party happened. And we fucking, Ocean's Eleven are all our fucking friends in through the basement. Yo, it felt like an Ocean's... I love Ocean's Eleven, by the way. I think I've referenced it already. But, like, yeah. Because, like, why not? <laughs> if you can't steal from a bank, you're not going to steal from a bank. At least do something with your intelligence. Get yourself into all the shit that you want to get yourself into. Oh, that was such a fun night. Anyway, so me bringing love <laughs> to the office. Because that's what I did every day. I would always come with smiles and love. And I was always bringing them cupcakes and buying people like you know we, we we became a little office family it was fun um and when you have love like that circulating even if you have your issues <clears throat> and when I say love not that anyone was in love with each other or that like there was like love in the deep like we would do anything for each other it's just more like we're not going to um attack each other and we're going to be kind to each other and be compassionate to each other which equals also being loving to each other so the more we were loving and and supportive of each other the more things got done, meaning the more every, so you're welcome to everyone that got to go to that GQ party (laughs) because I was, because they were not going to, she was going to hang up that phone. Actually, she did. She hung up the phone and I was like, call them back and be like, yes, but you must get us all on the guest list (laughs) Uh, and all our friends. And if you can't get all our friends, then we're going to get them in instead. And no one will know. Oh, that was such a good, see, Man, life is fun when you decide that you can just have the movie that you want to have as your life. I've been talking for 41 minutes now. All right. So uh, I think that was, I don't know. I guess it was, it was fun to share. Um, <laughs> um, uh, I'm not really sure if I'm anything more I'm supposed to share. I was just sharing like how love can, can catapult you into doing incredible things that you never thought you could ever do. And so my old lady self, the bad bitch that I will be on my little chase with my men fanning me and eating my grapes and shit uh, before I die, I will be looking back at that <laughs> night <laughs> with so much fun like I am right now um, because I still can't believe that when you tell when I tell this, if it was somebody else, like the temp like got that to what happened. That's, that's, I'm grateful to my guides. That helps me see my own power. So I hope you all enjoyed all this. Uh, oh, as I'm holding the citrine and talking about my power. Oh, look at that. Okay. So it works. Um, yeah, today is the new moon and impossible things are always possible as long as you step outside of the belief that nothing is possible. <laughs> I don't know. Like, it's like suspend your disbelief. That's the thing. The thing that we do when we're watching TV, it's called the suspension of disbelief, meaning you are suspending, extending your disbelief, knowing that what you're seeing on the television isn't real. So you when you watch a murder scene, you don't have the actual um, um, reaction of someone who's being murdered in front of you, like actually being murdered in front of you because you've suspended your disbelief. Now, little kids, they don't know. So that's the worst part of 
<laughs> having to learn suspension of disbelief is like when you don't have it yet. But um, but we all have it when we when we watch movies. So suspend your disbelief in your own life. <laughs> like start zooming out and being like, how do I actually want this to go? Like if I, what's the wildest thing that if I was watching a movie, I would want to happen and then do it. And I guarantee you, you will not regret it. Granted, there will never be another party happening at 20 Exchange Place like that, but goddamn, none of us regretted that shit. People got in trouble. Actually, I think she got in trouble a little bit. Not really. I didn't get in trouble, obviously, because I'm like, the temp. Because <laughs> it didn't fucking touch me. But I think she got a little bit of reprimand. Uh, but she didn't care. She was laughing. It was like, that was the fucking best night of our fucking lives. Like, nobody ever expected to go to that shit, ever, in their life, the three of us. So, well, I mean, I did, because I, I just was like, I'm in the music industry. One day I'm going to be there. But... I didn't expect it to happen that way. Just like I didn't expect to have this happening this way. How life is, yo. Like, life is so strange. Anyway, all right. It's been almost 45 minutes. Okay. I'm going to let y'all go. I love y'all. And um, always repeat after me. I am pure light and love because you are pure light and love. And just extend that love to yourself. Extend that love to everything that you come across. Every person, place, thing. Um, is my cat chewing on plastic? God, she does this. All right, sorry. I gotta go. (laughs) I love (laughs) y'all. Bye.